What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Chronicles of Runeterra. I am Mike. And I'm Sean. And we're here to talk to you about Arcane. I'm assuming you've already listened to our episode one, so you already know a little bit about what we want to do. Super, super quick version is this podcast is all about Arcane specifically right now, but especially any show that's coming in the future, which uh, they have already formally announced that they're doing in production of um, for the League of Legends cinematic universe. We're going to be talking about it all over here, so make sure to subscribe and everything like that. All the pandering that I have to do to you guys um, <laughs> uh, just to, uh, you know, stay in touch with us. And, uh, you know, we're going to be finding some fun content along the way in between the shows but yeah we're really going to be deep diving into each episode of arcane we are two super fanatical fans of league of legends and uh, we love the lore and um you know we're movie reviewers so this is literally right up our alley we love to talk about this kind of stuff for way too long so uh, it's yeah, going to be longer uh, than the episodes themselves. Yeah, so you we will... established that in the last one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we almost doubled the length of the show itself on the last one. But, you know, it's really fun to do. It's always, you know, if you're anything like us, like we we love it so much that we want more of it no matter what way it comes. So I guess yeah. if there's anyone else like that, that's probably listening to us right now. You made it past the first episode. That means that you're willing to even listen to us just to get more content. <laughs> So congratulations, you've hit a new low. Um, <laughs> Classic Mike chastising the the listeners, you know. Exactly. So, so make sure to hit that that's subscribe how you get button. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, all right. So let's go ahead and just jump right in uh, with it before we get lost in any more of the chaos here. Um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and start off with um, probably one of the coolest entrances I've ever oh, seen. Oh, man. Uh, like, in the show anyways. So yeah. cool. <laughs> and particularly uh, interesting to to us, people that know the lore and are really analyzing this show for any you know semblance of a character that we might know. So uh, episode two starts out with Jace knocking on the door where Vi and, and the whole crew, Vi Powder and... Uh, Milo and Clagger, there we go. There um, go. We're all on the other side of the door, robbing it. And they're trying to get in. We, of course, know the rest. You know, crystal drops, big explosion, and affects Jace, hurts Jace, knocks him out. Um, and you do see Caitlin with him at that point, right? Mm-hmm. She, yep, yep. Yeah, Caitlin's okay. talking to him. and, and Yeah, uh, they're, yeah. they're conversing, and then it explodes. Um, yeah. And then Jace gets knocked out, and then we're greeted with a fantastic flashback, which has oh. been... The point of uh, I've everyone's watched this flashback curiosity. so many times. It's insane. Freeze framed like, it. Yeah, I screenshotted it. Like, <laughs> I mean, like I could design you this person's clothes tomorrow <laughs> off memory, basically. Um, so yes, the basically in the scene we are met with a very young Jace, uh, assumably a you know Jace. Ninety nine percent sure it's Jace. It's Jace. He's very young. <laughs> Let's not create yeah, confusion where there's stop none, it. I guess. <laughs> it is Jace. Um, could be. <laughs> but anyways, uh, he's with his mother and um, they are in a particular region. Obviously, it's it's freezing. There's snow going. It's a blizzard. And um, they fall on the ground. They're they're tired. They don't know if they're going to be able to make it. And then a a savior comes yeah. a mage in a particular type of, of clothing comes and then he teleports them away in one of the most fantastically animated scenes Ugh. I've ever seen in my life. Um, it, incredible. It, exactly. 
um, does this incredible display of, of arcane magic, um, which is what inspires him, you soon find out, um, with basically his, his life's work, and um, teleports him to a, a totally different place um, that is, you know, it's green, it's, it's, you see the sun is out, and, uh, you know, they're finally okay. And I don't know if you caught this, but um, the mother, it also showed, you know, she had frostbite on her fingers. Yeah, on her fingers. Too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Oh, I noticed everything. Okay. Oh, I, I caught it all. Don't yeah. you worry about me. <laughs> I was worried you were going to tell me something that I didn't know. I was like, oh. oh. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that's what happened with there. We'll go ahead and right now I'm telling you, we, if you don't care to know what this character is, um, you might want to fast forward like five, six minutes at least because we're about to go into that right now. Yeah. Theory craft a little bit. Um, this is one of the favorite things that we love to do is theory crafting, especially since we know a good amount. Uh, like I, I call myself a lore aficionado. I would say you're a lore aficionado junior. Oh, wow. Okay. Because you know, you're definitely not anywhere near me, but like hey, have to be nice oh, and give you wow. a title. So it's like, like it, it, I just, you know, only watch every the crit video and TV <laughs> sky and, and, you know, read all the books, but uh, in, in the lore universe and whatever. But yeah, besides that, I'm just a junior. Uh, level. Exactly. You're in, in, in training. Um, I'm more know. of like, I'm not even, I'm just like an intern, you know? Exactly. So. exactly. Unpaid. <laughs> unpaid intern. <laughs> Wait, you're getting paid? What? <laughs> um, but anyway, so um, yeah, this is what we, we love to do, especially. So let's let's go into this a little bit. So the first thing, I'll let you kick it off with, with what you think like went down here. Uh, who you think this person is. So there's, there's several different, um, we'll say aspects wink mm-hmm. wink oh. <laughs> of this uh this uh what would you, i mean this uh, i wouldn't call it a spell um it's uh, uh i mean what, what would you call that like it's maybe I mean, it's it a seems spell? like a, a spell yeah yeah spell. yeah well okay so the first thing that that we notice right is uh the mage <clears throat> takes a little rune off his off his little bracelet right mm-hmm. and um it starts kind of spinning in his hand and he he uh starts swirling his staff around which is interesting okay yeah. he has a staff and i will say i've looked through everything okay i've looked through mm-hmm. um yeah every single legends of runeterra card right that was my first right. thought is like i have to go to the cards it's hidden within the Hit, cards check there um <laughs> i went to reddit forms right they were mm-hmm. like, oh, it looks like this one guy from Sharima's staff. And I looked it up and I was just like, it doesn't look anything like that staff. Um, I don't know <laughs> you what fool. they're smoking. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah. No. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then it, it kind of forced me to kind of start getting creative. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thought that people have, right, is okay, it's a circle that he's swirling around right. and it's a teleport spell. Okay. First thing and that ru- comes runic to icons and runic yeah. icons. The first thing that comes to mind is, of course, Rise. Right, mm-hmm. Rise is the OG mage of this universe. Um, he's been uh, strapped with a with a great burden of collecting mm-hmm. the uh, the runes or the world runes. Right, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, for in my mind initially, I'm like, that's too easy, right? Yeah, um, and at, at a deeper look. It just it's one of those things if it was rise it was it's purposely misleading in my opinion and riot isn't one of those people that would purposely like you know uh 
what's the word? like red herring you right yeah um right. they they would they would you know give you some some clues but they would be a um uh kind of like uh, still uh, you know questionable clues right and right, right. In, in my opinion after analyzing rise all of his different iterations and uh an in-game model i've come to the conclusion that he is uh, most definitely not rise and, i can tell you who he's not yes <laughs> um some of the things that that hinted to that were of course his skin color right so yeah. rise is a uh like a light purple color um yeah. and it's because he's um been carrying all these these world runes and they have an effect on his body and he's just fully engulfed in arcane magic right mm-hmm. um he's been around for for hundreds of years i think uh, don't quote me on that, but um, it would only make sense if he has been around for a long time. Um, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, so and we get a, a clear distinction of this person's hand, and it's just uh, you know plain old white guy hand, right? Uh, Maybe he needs to clip his fingernails. Yeah, he needs to clip his fingernails. It's been a minute, so yeah. um, needs to work on some hygiene. Rise is notorious for uh, good hygiene, so. There's clue True. number two, right? Everyone <laughs> knows that, yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing is, and this was even more convincing for me as to why he's not Rise, is Rise was there during the Rune Wars. He saw the destruction uh, and the power yeah. of of those world runes. <clears throat> and the last thing Rise would do is give a rune to a child. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> that, that could... Uh, potentially endanger him, uh, the person that he just saved, and um, you know, inspire them to uh, create Hextech uh, where they can control magic again, right? Um, right? So that was the big thing for me. Uh, looking at the the body shape, Rise is uh, he's pretty broad. He's got a he's got a you know sturdy. He's stout. He's stout. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's he's thin, right? He's he's got a six pack and everything, but. Um, he's got broad shoulders, right? Yeah. And th- this person is, um, and he's kind of short too. And this person's tall, thin. Um, there was, um, and so that to me, like it immediately. Um, oh, and then there's another thing. And in, in, <laughs> man, there's so many things, right? There this, are so uh, many. yeah. <laughs> this uh, it, when you do see the the mage's hand, it's got these interesting tattoos on the, their their fingers and their their hand and um i did some some deeper searching into maybe you know those symbols um are reminiscent of maybe targon right mm-hmm. um maybe uh Ixtal or sharima um there is one area um man i'm not gonna, i'm gonna butcher the name of it Ikathia, i think is what it's called yeah um, that one, unfortunately, there isn't a whole lot of content and they really haven't built out Ikathia, uh, simply because it's, um, um, I, I think it would correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that the, um, kind of like the spot where the, uh, world rune destroyed, right? Um, uh, it's, oh, it's also the spot where the, um, the void first, uh, that's showed up broke yeah. into the world. So yeah. there was massive fight there. It's kind of a wasteland. Yeah, and uh, so there's just there's not a whole lot um, to pull from for Acathia. Um mm-hmm. So my uh, my my theory brain, right? So that that's that's the case that I'm going to make. 
um, as to why a, he, that person is not Rise. Um, so let I'm, me I'm ask, stop let me ask there. you this. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you this before before you stop. Just real mm-hmm. quick, if you if you had to call it, like who do you think it is, or like the best? If you don't think it's someone specific, like mm-hmm. what what do you think it is? Are you saying like if it's not a champion? Because I if it's I have, not a champion, yeah, like you can give me a generality of of what you think it is, but just what's your what's your best guess? So, I, I you know okay, so let, let me so I'm just gonna stop there at the the rise part. Like that's that's my conjecture when it comes to it's not rise. I'm I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like ninety nine point eight percent certain it's not rise. Right. Um, the other one that I was entertaining was in fact uh, Zillion. Mm-hmm. Um, Zillion, the Chrono Keeper. Um, the thing that made me entertain Zillion was whenever you have a character that can jump through time, you can kind of just get away with a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing is, is Zillion is depicted as an old man. Um, he was, uh, wasn't, was, uh, mm, now I'm questioning myself, was he around during Shurima? times um, um no well no yes he was he was he, he was, was right yeah. yeah um so he's been around for a long time and he's been jumping through little time portals for a long time my wild theory is that it's actually a younger zillion um from a time before he got really old even before potentially um Shirima was around and um the the thing, the reason why I, I kind of say that is like, just think of the situation, right? You have Jace and his mom walking through mm-hmm. a blizzard, in the middle of nowhere, and a random maid shows up, question mm-hmm. mark, um, and saves them, right? Yeah. Like, what is it, very, what, convenient. Very, very convenient? Very convenient. Very convenient. Yeah. <clears throat> and I. Whenever that happens, my thought is like, okay, it's probably someone with a grander design, right? Someone who, you know, understands I have to get this person to this place. Not only did that person save them, right? Uh, He teleported them to a specific place, um, you know, the the outskirts of Piltover, right? Mm -hmm. Um, At least uh, maybe I shouldn't, uh, you know, uh, say that um, definitively, but he, he... transports them to safety and they end up in Piltover, right? Right. So someone with the knowledge of of saying of being able to go, this person's going to be at this place at this time. I need to get them over here, which is going to lead to this particular individual, this child, um, creating Hextech, right? Right. Um, very much, you know, pulling the strings kind of thing. And I think Zillion is the only character really in League of Legends that kind of embodies that type of archetype right right um there are oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say like i i do agree i think that's your strongest guess so far yeah and i do have another theory okay Mm -hmm. um my even mine we're 18 minutes deep already yeah yeah uh uh, this is my my only my last thing i want to add is okay um i think he, he could be a nefarious mage uh, that we just don't know who it is. Really? Yet. Yes. Um, I think that because uh, someone who's, um, you know, knows how to work arcane magic clearly would, uh, you know, understand the power of these runes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that this person gave that 
that child the rune, right? Um, you know, maybe they're setting them on a path to, to um, you know, make arcane readily available throughout the world. Maybe that's their goal is they go, hey, I've seen the future of, of where this can lead. Um, I need to make sure this child is inspired by this, this rune or this experience. And that's going to lead them mm-hmm. on the path to uh, putting magic into everyone's hands, right? It could be, and it doesn't have to be necessarily nefarious, but it could be something where it's like, that's their end goal is to, to make sure Hextech, um, you know, peripherates throughout the world. I don't know if that, is that the right word? Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, my, the thing that I'm most convinced on is that he's, it's a character that no one's ever seen before, number one. And number two, we don't necessarily know their motivations. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's my theory so far. Um, but I'm I'm certain it's not Rise. Um, there's just so many articles out there that are like, oh, Rise was in this one. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, um, it, but yeah, it, that's kind of where I'm. Th- those are all. I just laid it all out in front of you. So yes, um, thank you um, very much for the dissertation. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> um, now I'll, I'll keep mine fairly short and sweet um, mm-hmm. for the sake of brevity, but. Uh, for me, like I, I definitely think that this is someone related to Targon. Uh, I, I don't think it's Rise at all. I think that that's the mm-hmm. fool's narrative. Yeah. Um, it's it's easy to guess, and that's why it's not. And also because Staff he has a conduit. Rise doesn't need a conduit. Um, and it, the the skin is, does not match up. And he also would never not have his scroll with him. Yes. That boy yeah. loves his scroll. Yeah. Um. So in yeah. His, in his tome, you know. So that's right. Yeah. So. I, that it just doesn't match up for me at all um, for that. But I do think that it is someone that we have not met before. I think it's someone that they will actually eventually bring into, I think, I don't know if we're going to see him more this season, but maybe next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to come into some kind of pivotal moment. And then I think even eventually he's going to make his way into league. I think he's going to be a pretty awesome character. I'm pretty sure he, I am fairly positive. He comes from Targon. He, his robes are Targonian. It looks like, um, and he has a celestial like aspect to that animation that was super cool to see, by the way. But he's literally up in the stars, looking down with the Earth in his hands. That to me just screams celestial. So he's either a celestial aspect, which I will say the con in that is that <clears throat> um, he why would he if he's so powerful as to be a celestial aspect? Why would he need any conduits and and or uh, crystals um, to use? So that kind of pokes a hole in that theory. But I do think that he has some type of power that he's channeling through um, the the Celestials of Targon. Um, so I definitely think he's a mage related to that region. I'm going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. But that is my best guess. Secondary would be something more along the Zillion line, like you mentioned, because I do think that there's a fairly good argument, more specifically for the convenience yeah. sake of why the fuck is a mage there. But... Mm-hmm. The, the region, though, um, uh, also, uh, you know, the blizzard and everything going on, looks like they're climbing up a mountain. Um, I, I think that that is um, Mount Targon. Um, so uh, we'll see. Time will tell on that one, but we will get past it uh, after 22 minutes of listening to it. Even the people <laughs> who skipped forward the five to ten minutes that I mentioned earlier caught, like, nearly nope. double that time. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we will go to the next part of the scene now. Um, so... Victor is introduced to Jace as Heimer's assistant, and um, we kind of 
get the immediate take that um, his his work that he's been doing is illegal and not approved by the academy. Um, that's what Victor tells us. Yeah. What did you think about that scene and how it played out and and Jason and Victor meeting? Uh, I mean, it's it's interesting. So it's it's clearly that Victor is you know um, running through. Emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, he's—you can tell—he's—he's he's curious. He's—he's—he actually understands what's up on that chalkboard. Um, right. So immediately, you're like, okay, Victor is uh, an educated uh, man. So um, that's, uh, you know, in line with his his lead character. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, having him be uh, the—he makes a point to to say this. He's the. Uh, the assistant for the the dean of the academy, um, right. who is also head of the council, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Victor is pretty. He's worked his way up there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's 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 different from his story that um, you know was uh, was originally published. And I'm I, I really like it because it it um, you know makes these characters really easily to or I shouldn't say easy to relate to but makes them easy to relate to each other right you can kind of see mm-hmm. how Jason and Victor are talking to each other on on uh, level playing fields so um, uh, right off the bat which I, I really really like um, but uh, but yeah you know introduction of Victor one of my favorite characters um, so yeah I was just uh, you know just uh, gushing over it so yeah i think i think his i think victor specifically was one of the first characters that you really fell in love with his lore on so um in fact you told me at one point you were like i want to be uh victor (laughs) no matter what it takes yes yes Uh, hey come over do you need that humanity or can i take it out of you like um, yeah preparing for the glorious evolution you know (laughs) so um, Um, and you're like sean you're taking this too far keep your limbs on you know it's like oh whatever i I can improve i can improve you know um but yeah so you know that that's one of the big things here they are two characters that are have an incredibly interesting relationship um and i can't wait to see that play out as sean mentioned there are already some distinct differences um most noticeably in jace granted at this point we've only known him for a little bit of time but he seems much more humble immediately than what we know in the um in the lore in canon lore he is an arrogant egotistical son of a bitch uh narcissist yeah absolutely narcissist (laughs) yes and the only person that can deal with him is victor because the only person that he really respects as an equal um in terms of of genius is victor himself Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's it is originally interesting dynamic a lot of people don't like um, the way that Jace is in this one, I disagree. I personally love uh, the way I, that Jace is playing. Uh, out. The way he is in the lore, it's so one dimensional. So yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, now it's 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 one of those things where like you're gonna see how he becomes Jace rather than yeah. oh right off the bat this is who this person is because um, people I like to see that that. Well, I mean, I don't know if I call it progress, but, you know, that transformation. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm on board. Growth, I, I, growth I'm, for better or worse. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I like the, the depiction of Jace so far, but I uh, I love Victor. So, um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a little biased. <laughs> You're pro Victor. Yes, we yes. know this. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and one of the important things here as well is also that Victor tells him um, that includes you, by the way, of things that I have to confiscate, confiscate. Um, mm mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we end up getting a, a scene of 
Jace being basically in prison. It's a very nice prison still. Probably yeah. a lot better than the Zon prisons. I can almost guarantee that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is when we meet one of the most iconic characters and one of the oldest characters in League of Legends, and that is Heimerdinger. Oh, um, what did you... I know that you you have a, like, a pretty long history with, with Heimerdinger just in the fact of... I remember back in the domain uh, or uh, Dominion, uh, phase of, of League of Legends. That's right. That was a mode. You used to play you some Heimerdinger like no oh, business, I, bro. People hated me because Dominion, um, for the listeners that aren't familiar, Dominion's a uh, tower um, uh, grabbing game, right? So you have to, if you grab all you know all the different towers, then... The, <laughs> really the glad tower. that the hours and hours yeah. of work that went into that game mode was just summarized as that tower one tower game. grabbing mode. <laughs> well, and, and what I would do is I would go to the bottom tower every time, mm-hmm. and uh, or one of the bottom towers. Uh, oh, it was always the opposite. I, it's, oh, it's man, I'm having flashbacks mode, right now. Yeah, and I would yeah. just set up my turrets on that tower, and mm-hmm. uh, no one could take it. And I would just sit back, and I'd, I'd drink a you know pina colada, and just... Uh, you know, taking the sun and uh, people were like, Sean, you broke the game. And I'm like, no, no I'm, I'm having fun. I don't know what you're talking about. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, Heimer was, he, he was, he was a staple of mine and I have way too many skins of his. So, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, he, he's an iconic character. He's the classic, um, you know, uh, hyper genius that, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's uh, um, kind of runs around and just uh, annoys the heck out of you so he is um, much less elitist as well um yes, here yeah. than he was in the game he's like mm, i can do that better in the, in the fucking game antagonizing everyone he comes across but yeah i spam that so often <laughs> um but yeah so like seeing him come onto the screen I'm oh sure we were it elated. was glorious man glorious i mean and the way they did it his like little head pokes around like you you hear the steps you know the footsteps and then yeah like, oh a big big mean person's coming in and then you see a little heimer poke his head out a little heimer dinger and i'm just like oh this this guy is perfect perfect and <laughs> it just immediately like he's he's uh what does he say he's like hmm interesting you imprison the body but the mind is still free hmm. yeah and i'm just exactly. like but uh but yeah no they 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 understand that character through and through and seeing him on screen the thing is too right and i was really worried because I, I i saw heimer in the um in the the opening sequence right mm-hmm. so i knew he was going to be in here um but uh, I was worried because I'm like, man, this is the you have to be able to take this yordle creature seriously, right? Yeah. Um, he's he's super kind of goofy looking. He's got a big old handlebar mustache and a giant head and little body yeah. kind of thing. And I mean, it's in a no funny challenge tone. compared to Corky, but yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll we'll see if we ever see Corky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> um, but uh, but it, it's funny how many people I've talked to that that aren't familiar with the league IP and. Uh, they're like, oh yeah, we love Heimer, and I'm like, oh, okay. They right did their job, and th- I think that was probably one of the hardest characters that they that they had to sell to the audience. And man, they just they nailed it. So um, so yeah, I-, I loved Heimer in that entire um, uh, sequence. So yeah, and I mean, rightfully so. You know, like you said, I'm, I'm not gonna go back over it, but they just did him so well in here. Yeah. And you only this was only like a tidbit of it. You know, yeah. you get we get more later on in the episode that we're going to talk about, but man, they really encompassed this character to a level that I didn't think that they were going to, and like I I appreciated the hell out of him. It was yeah. 
So interesting. Um, immediately you get you get the uh, the sense that he does. It's not even the sense you get the sense of it. It's like he straight up says it. Like he is not a fan of magic. Uh, you know, no. arcane being used by by humans um, of this town. You don't know if it's necessarily he disagrees with magic being used. Period. As much as humans having magic because you gotta remember he's a yordle magic is basically part of their essence yeah um from the place Your where they grew DNA. up so yeah yeah so it's 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 not as much a, of a general disagreement with magic it's it's a magic in the wrong hands and since this is a town of you know the vast um majority of, of our humans or humanoids of some kind um mostly humans though the he doesn't he's seen what's happened before you know they mm. he literally said you know he's been alive for 300 years um uh, which 307 almost, so uh, 307 years mm-hmm. yes uh which we'll talk about in just a second but um and and he's seen the horrors that arcane um has has brought on the world and um we got our first little flashback there if i remember correctly no well. no that that's that's uh, in the courtroom yeah yeah that's okay. in the courtroom um, so then, yeah, but either way, he mentions it and he says, you know, you can't, you can't work on that. Whenever you go for your trial, just tell them. He, he said, I, speak nothing of magic. And I was like, oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, I was like, I wonder if like Heimer's hiding something or like in that moment, I was like, is Heimer hiding something? He doesn't want them to know about, um, you know, the arcane or something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but we find out later on exactly why. Um, he thinks that, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, one of the other things that they uh, defined in this is uh, Jace is 24 years old, right? So right. Um, still young, still, you know, figuring out the world. And, uh, uh, a whippersnapper. A whippersnapper. And Heimer has been around the block a, t- <laughs> a time or two. Many or times. three century type of thing. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So after, after that scene, we go into a scene with um, Vi and Jinx. Mm-hmm. Going into uh, who? who who again? What, I'm sorry, Vi and Powder. Oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we go into a scene of those of those two characters, the crew, um, going into their little hideout um, zone where they have all of their like you know they have like some games, some little hangout areas, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a little arcade type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a cool chill spot. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is a really important scene for me here because once again, it's more of them showing the work for what these characters will be. You know, you're never met with the scene of just like, well, that doesn't make any sense. How did this character beat the shit out of all these characters? You know? Yeah. Um, when there's this obvious disparity. Well, this is why, because they're doing things like this to show us, you know, what's in store with them. So we see Vi beating the shit out of this like punching game. You see the scores are basically all hers besides Clagger. Well, who's like, it, and they make a point where she, uh, she gets a new high score. So yeah, that's true. She's always yep. improving her game. Always, yep. And uh, I think Clagger's on there to show like Clagger ain't no joke either, but he's yeah. definitely not as good as Vi. Um, and then a scene that I really like. Once again, you got Milo. Milo's kind of an asshole, right? Yeah, he's kind of. Milo's he's always giving, giving powder shit, man. Yeah, he's so. always giving powder shit. So I'm I'm not a big fan of of him as of yet, but um, either way, uh, it shows this really cool scene where Powder after. You know, Milo misses the target with this little pop gun um, on all these little, you know, arcade things that he has to shoot. Um, she grabs the gun and nails every single fucking one she of them. Crushes it. Crushes it. Yeah. So, and obviously, if anyone that knows this character knows that she's an incredible marksman later on, and she's all about them guns 
And, uh, you know, this is, you know, them showing the work that they they literally live here and they they do this every single day. And what is it? Um, if you put in your 10,000 hours, you're going to be great at something. right? Yeah. <laughs> or so, you're, you're an expert after 10,000 hours or something. Yeah, like exactly. So um, they're definitely putting in that work and, and, it, and it shows off. What did you think about this scene? Um, I, I loved it. it, you know, provide the dynamic, but it really uh, provided the foundation as to why um, Vi is a fighter and Jinx is a, mm-hmm. uh, or Powder, uh, <laughs> is a marksman, right? <laughs> um, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, and it's important to establish that because, um, you know, we know where these characters go. Um, and uh, it, it, it's interesting because it's, it's like little things, you know, and it's something that I, unfortunately, like a lot of storytelling really misses out on. And it's, it's like, you really just it doesn't take a whole lot to lay the groundwork as to why this character can do the things that they can do. Right. right. Um, and uh, and 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 that's the thing is, you know, I, I think Riot understands that they're they're um, they're they're laying the, the foundation for the inevitable, you know, um, uh, fight sequences and stuff like that. Right. Um, right. So whenever uh, Vi does get in a fight, like like when she did with the, the kids earlier in the previous episode, like it makes sense. You know, you're just kind of like going, Oh yeah, no, she, she's on that game all the time. Like, of course she can kick people's asses, you know? Um, so yeah, just, uh, it's nice of them to acknowledge that, but also it serves as a character moment when, um, uh, powder makes a face to Milo and Milo's, you know, a little disgruntled. Yeah. Pulls the Trump card on Milo. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So next scene after that, um, we're looking, this is whenever we get into one of the most interesting characters for me, because I, I, I genuinely just don't know. There's a lot of characters. I don't know who they are yet because they're new characters, but this character specifically, I know a little bit about the house. I don't know about her. Um, so basically we are, we meet Mel Medarda and, um, she is on council. She's a council member and you tell very quickly from the conversation that she's having with her, you know, secretary or whatever she is, um, that she definitely seeks like a way to use people because she's getting some information about um, Jace, you know, this upcoming trial that she has to go to and, and pass judgment on. And, um, you know, she's, you know, asking questions like, oh, so, you know, it's a boy that seems to be that, you know, in, in Heimer's favor. And, uh, you know, he thinks that he's quite bright and all this kind of stuff. And you can you can see the gears turning um, in the head. And it's it's really interesting to see this character because she's I don't know. There's there's something we don't know much she, yet, but there's she's something clearly about her. like a little more conniving and and a little more um, uh, spiffy, I guess. I don't know if that's the right yeah. word. Than, well, she's uh, incredibly attractive. That's oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's, <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over the uh, the gold freckles that she has. And I'm yeah. just like, man, she's attractive, wealthy, classy. I'm just like, yeah. You know. Basically, everyone became a male simp like in yeah. about five uh, minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I, I did want to double check um, mm-hmm. And uh, the well, while, while you're doing that, I was going to mm-hmm. say also one thing that I really liked about the scene was also that she was picking out, um, you know, a present um, that we we soon find out that she gives uh, to the head of the count or not the head of the council, but um, one of the people on councils. And um, she picks out a, a toy that she then brings to the to the merchant that's selling it. And he says, but this is a child's toy. And she's like, oh, yeah, that'll do perfectly. And 
whenever she presents it, you know, this is skipping ahead just a little bit, but whenever she presents it to him, she, you know, passes it as a gift. He's like, oh, how interesting. Thank you. And it just shows you her, like, what she thinks about these other, you know, esteemed members in the council that she, you could tell she's obviously finds herself far above them intellectually. Yes. Yes. Uh, I did just confirm that mm-hmm. the first line from her assistant, Elora, mm-hmm. um, says, the house pharaohs received your letter. Oh yeah, I remember. And yeah. they'd like to remind that you out. that they're the reason why you're the richest person in Piltover. And yeah. um, uh, I think we talked about it in the previous episode. Did we talk about it at all? But House Pharaohs is um, the house where the character in the the game Camille comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, so little little Easter egg there. Um, so it, it kind of foreshadowing. I don't know if it. It's actually gonna. Uh, we're well, gonna see this character, but um, their their house is there in Piltover. Um, so yeah, right. Yeah, we know we know at this point. You know, they have already mentioned Pharos, which is you know Camille's house. Yeah. So, um, and it, it, I'm not quite sure that line confused me more than anything else because once again we have timeline issues, and this one's a little more concerning because once again, as I said, uh, you know. Pharos, they got rich off of, you know, the mining of those stones. Well, this, we've only just now got the stones. I don't, and she seems to not know about them. So it's very confusing to me. And one thing too is those stones, I, Mm -hmm. um, I, I did a little bit of digging, but basically there's like a throwaway line. Uh, I'm not going to say it's throwaway. Everything in this show is, is there for a reason, but, um, Echo is talking about how he, um, yeah, this guy came down to uh, Benzo's shop, bought mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff that wasn't on any of the shelves, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think that that's confirmation that Benzo sold Jace um, those hex crystals. Um, yes, they definitely did. Yeah. So I, I remember that line. So, yeah. So um, th- basically, I don't think the hex crystals are an enterprise yet um, from uh, in, in Piltover. It's, it's very still Blackwater- or Blackwater, uh, black market um, uh, transactions, right? That's true. So I suppose, yeah, I suppose they might be. It's still odd that she doesn't know what the crystals are herself. Then, if that, if and that that goes back, rich. That's the thing too. Is I'm not convinced that um, House Pharos um, is mining crystals yet. Um, I think this is a, a retcon. Um, and they're kind of taking a different direction, which I'm okay with, you know, um, I, I trust Ride to, to, you know, kind of clean up the continuity, but mm-hmm. I, I am going to put it out there. I, I don't think <clears throat> we're going to get the, the straight um, and simple answer that um, the previous lore provided. I still hold that. I, I do think that they're Brackerns, but that the, the crystals themselves are from Brackerns. But yeah, maybe not at least definitely some kind of alteration in the timeline of, of Pharos, of um, Clan Pharos. Yeah. And I, and I don't think, for sure. <clears throat> I don't think the crystals are going to make them rich. I think they're already rich. So yeah. 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 It sounds, it sounds like that is the case. Although did they say house or clan house? So they're not a clan yet. Cause later on they are clan. So they become even wealthier by a good bit. Um, but anyways, all right. So we have that. Um, then we go to the scene where Caitlin is talking about. Oh, did you want to add anything else about like the whole 
Mel scenario no, talking no. with her assistant? Are you good we're we're going to be able to talk about Mel, you know, later on too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I um, have a feeling she's going to be a, a a big player in in the show. Um, she just she's too. She was in the center of that scene, and she's clearly smart and and um, you know uh, very. What's the word? Whenever you're you're like not ruthless uh, with your with your wealth, you're just. Um, and I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even say frugal. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll remember it once uh, once we get off the podcast. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, perfect timing as always. Um, but yeah, okay, so we'll we'll go from there. But you're right; she is that type of character for sure, um, and she's definitely going to be a big part. You can tell just from the way that they're playing her out with her scheming. Um, but next scene, we get uh, Caitlin insists to her parents that they help Jace. Who, um, you know, her her parents are his patrons. Um, so, what do you think about the dynamic of Jason Caitlin? Well, so I, far, I I mean, I, I like the dynamic. Um, I think it's an interesting world building aspect where like houses will will sponsor, you know, um, upcoming, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, young people that uh, that show a lot of promise, right? Um, mm-hmm. So there is a uh, in, in a way, there's a uh, um, like I want to say a meritocracy, but um, there's a, a pipeline um, to uh, basically promote, um, you know, uh, uh, innovation and uh, discovery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, within the, the the fields of science, um, within Piltover, right, and technology. So I think it's cool world building aspect. We see the Colonel Caitlin's father, right. In this scene, because mm-hmm. um, as we said before, right, it was the colonel's. The colonel. It was the colonel's um, um, apartment that um, got blown up. Um, so yeah, right. um, but uh, it, it's it's interesting seeing how Caitlin comes from a wealthy house. I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, no, I mean overall, it's a it's a good scene and it it gets the job done. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it is a small scene, so we don't need to stay on it too long. But yeah, yeah it was interesting um, seeing Caitlin already kind of vouch for Jace. And you see that really, obviously, they have an important relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, it was even nice to see, you know, her parents kind of willingly like um, being like, yeah, we should help. We're as patrons. Like, yes. We should say something. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, so next we go back over to uh, Zahn. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a good look at this. Um, kind of, I guess, town meeting at the last drop, I'd say, um, where Vander is discussing with everyone how the enforcers have been coming in and looking for, you know, whoever caused that explosion. Because, you know, as we just mentioned, it was at, you know, um, one of the one of the bigger houses. So something had to happen. And, you know, they were talking not only about that situation, but even to a, a bigger extent, you know, are we going to allow them to keep treating us like this? What are we going to do about this? Mm-hmm. And Vander has an obvious position where he is trying to stave off war. Um, he does not want to go to war with them, uh, basically at all costs. And he's trying to, you know, keep them, you know, the, the rally down about it. But you have a lot of people in the town, especially the the younger ones, kind of, you know, having this rallying cry for, you know, it, we need to stand up to them. And that's the thing is, you know, this is not um, a, a place where they need a warrant to, to search and seize people, right? Yeah, not at all. Um, <laughs> so they are, <laughs> I mean, they're rightfully pissed off um, whenever their mm-hmm. doors are getting kicked in. 
uh, by these, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, Nazi type <laughs> looking uh, yeah. uh, characters. Right. Um, so. So, yeah, they're rightfully pissed and they're they're in a way they're challenging uh, Vander's position because, um, you know, one of the, the main characters um, uh, comes up to him and, uh, you know, or says something along the line of, uh, you know, why are we afraid? And and Vander says, you know, do I look afraid? And and she's like, no, you look weak. And then just like whistles and calls her crew to, you know, get out and. We're going to yeah. go elsewhere kind of thing. And that's whenever you kind of see the breakdown of, of what's happening in the lanes. Right. So, yeah. So I'm not it, it's uh, it, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying in the in the episode prior where it's it feels like it's kind of held together uh, with duct tape. Right. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. So that, that was an interesting aspect. And um, and Vander was called out on, you know, hey, you're just trying to protect your kids because. Everyone knows that it was Vi and, and the the kids mm-hmm. that that did it, right? But it, it's it, it still has that sense of community because they're not ratting those kids out, right? Um, yeah. In fact, there was that. There's a an important scene that we see. I don't remember if when it happened exactly now. In this it, it happened whenever they were in the arcade. I know what you're thinking of, and the the enforcer is like right. asking, you know, where who's the person that did it, and the guy just like uh, spits on his shoe, right? Yep. Um, and then they, they toss <laughs> through the window. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I'm, I mean, they were. It, w- it was just interesting to me that it just showed you, like, the amount of resolve that these people have that they will not turn on each other, even if they don't like each other. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I did think it was really cool. Right, and, and that's also where we uh, see this one particular woman, like, really, like, trying to, like, in, incite the wars. Really, you know. She's had enough. about yeah. the idea of going to war with Piltover. So, um, yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was really cool. And, you know, she left off in a huff with Vander. She was yeah. not pleased with Vander. That's for sure. Um, so the next part, do you want to kind of take us through what, what happens right after that then? Yeah. So fairly important. Uh, well, Echo lets Vi and Powder know about, uh, Vander's deal with the enforcers, right? Which kind of sows, mm-hmm. um, from what I can see, it sows a little bit of discord, um, between, mm-hmm. Um, they, them and, and Vander. I'm sure that'll play out later. Um, but yeah, from there we go to uh, Jace's trial, right? Right. Um, and man, that trial is just so cool. Like the whole, he walks in and the windows all go up and it gets real dark and then a boom, big light on all on it was him. Intimidating. Dude. Yeah. yeah. And then they're all, you know, you can tell they're they're about to question him. One of the, uh, I mean, we just have to kind of. I know we're going to, we shouldn't spend too much time on this, but the counselors on that table um, were, I mean, there were some that were, there were two that I thought were really cool. Um, it's the one, the uh, lady with the, the long nails and she had like this, mm-hmm. this uh, thing clockwork. around her neck, clockwork thing around her yeah. neck. And I was like, okay, that is <laughs> so cool. Um, and then yeah. easily the guy that stole the show when it came to the, the the table of counselors was this kind of mechanical being um and every time he talked there was like this startup sound it was like we must do this yeah. you know we, gotta, we must fight or you know find the the person that did this kind of thing um yeah and uh man uh, that guy immediately like i, I think i probably called or text you like immediately i was like this guy is so cool <laughs> yeah but uh, i mean it, yeah it, 
I think one of the coolest things about that part um, in that character specifically is that they're really working on on expanding certain aspects of the world that they hadn't really done as much of before, more specifically on races um, within the world. And I have a very sneaky suspicion that they're doing that because they do have an MMO that's being worked on. And, you know, race and class building are two of the biggest thing that people love to do, and they love variants in, in races and classes. So uh, I have a feeling this will be a type of race that we'll yeah. see. Yeah, um, I hope it is. It's I, cool. Yeah. I hope so, too. It's hard to say exactly what he is, though, because we do know from the conversation that they have at the trial that he that his race, at least his kind, was mm-hmm. almost wiped out from the Rune Wars whenever Heimer makes mention of them and, um, and and magic being used. And uh, I think that's interesting. We don't know specifically if he was referring to himself as being part of them, a.k.a. like, like them there whenever it happened lifespans. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, which could be, you know, possible if they're, you know, most of them are mechanical, like, like that could be a thing. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's hard to believe because that kind of technology back then, like not, doesn't really quite match up. I don't even know how he's functioning right now that efficiently because, you know, this, it almost is kind of like golem like, but it's not because golems don't come around until after we have, um, Hextech, which is this is the beginning, the creation of Hextech. So um, I'm a little confused about exactly how this character operates or if, you know, what. So Well, and I think, I, I don't even know if Riot really knows. I think they've got the idea in their head and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, let's just, we'll figure it out as we go kind of thing, um, mm-hmm. it, which I'm okay with because it's such a unique, um, you know, uh, class of, of people that I'm like, okay, like uh, I'm totally on board. One thing I will say, my one of my first thoughts was um, the character uh, in the game, Oriana, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there is like a backstory to Oriana um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's of course tragic and, and uh, you know, it's, it kind of leads to, uh, and, and she's she's in Piltover, right? Um, yeah, uh, she is. If I remember correctly, I don't think they've updated her from old lore, though. Yeah, and that's the thing is I foresee her kind of falling into that race of people. Um, yeah. Which I, you know, I'm I'm okay with if it if it's proper world building and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, by all means. But that that's a little uh, tidbit that I think is going to play out. Um, um, over uh, the course of a couple more seasons and yeah. stuff like that. So. Suffice to say, I'm super excited about figuring oh, out yeah. what yeah. you know more about that kind of character. Yeah. And, well, when the Riot MMO comes out, that's going to be my first character. So. Um. <laughs> All right, you can you can play that character. I'll give you permission to play that. Character. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, very interesting scene there. As you said earlier, it's a super intimidating atmosphere. Like they. For, for a town that is so evolved, my God, they're really ruthless with some oh, of the yeah. stuff that they do. Like, and, and, and I love it. Cold and calculating, of that. like, exactly. They have very strict it, rules. It's the like, humanity is is being driven out of it almost, it seems like. Yeah. And um, I just find that such a fascinating concept. They do such a good, a good job of um, revealing that to 
the watcher in in very specific and intriguing ways so and th- this was definitely one of them because it was one of the coldest moments i seen. you were just like damn dude <laughs> like yeah. you are alone and they want you to feel alone yeah <laughs> um, i mean it's not and, a proper trial you're not represented by a lawyer or nothing like, yeah exactly like you are you're... being judged by a fucking counsel and what they say fucking goes yeah so super vulnerable um yes cases. yeah um, um but yeah, and this is one of the so this is the scene where we do get to see a little bit of the um, the the flashback, the quick yep. flashback of the the Rune War, which doesn't or what we assume to be the Rune Rune War, because the timeline once again is a little off. Um, Rune War happened like a thousand years ago, and Heimer says that he's three hundred years old, yet yeah. he remembers what happened. And so that doesn't really line up. So they're either retconning the time whenever the Rune War happened or they, you know, Vandal City, which is where Yordles come from. Time is like it's kind of like a pocket dimension. So time works really funkily there and uh, that he could easily have hopped in there for a while and, you know, 700 years had passed and then he hopped back out. Yeah. And aged a day. So. We're not exactly sure. I'm sure that that is something that they will explain more on. Like, they're definitely developing the timeline as we yeah. speak. Yeah. So, um, interesting to see how that plays out. But you know whenever they brought up, because basically they tell him that he has to stop with with all of the work that he's doing. Um, and he's not allowed to uh, continue with that kind of work. And mm-hmm. he refuses. And do you want to go into a little bit about what, what happens whenever that situation? Well, arises? Jace, you know, Mel prized Jace, right? And she's like, well, right. if, you know, what were you doing? And he's like, I was I was going to change the world. And she's like, and what, what come up, came of it? And he was like, well, nothing. And she's like, well, I'm not convinced. And, you know, and then the, the council kind of starts arguing amongst themselves. Like, what do we do with this? You know, kind of. And then um, Jace interrupts. And he's like, I was trying to create magic, right? Um, right. and it, everyone goes quiet and, and, the <laughs> the skinny counselor like bites one of his nuts and it echoes throughout the hall. But, um, um, kind of Jace is like, you know, we're the city of progress. We should be, uh, we should be the first ones to harness the energy of magic and put it in the hands of everyone kind of thing. And, uh, Heimer is like Jace and then, you know, Jace and then stop it, you know, and, uh, Heimer does this flashback and you, you kind of see some still images of, of, you know, and with with uh, scary music in the background, you don't really know what it is. Um, but there's yeah, like this it, it's this still person. Fairly ambiguous. Yeah, there's this person ascending to the heavens, um, and it's clearly like this person's you know bad and 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 whatnot, right? Um, yeah. And uh, you know, Heimer's like you know you don't understand, and and how could you? Because you weren't around. I'm the only one that that bears that burden, right? Because um, right. I was there. And um, and so and then you kind of get uh, you know a good reason why Heimer thinks the way he does right and that's one thing this yeah. show does really good is um, and I can kind of start to see the the political intrigue of things is you really understand where where um, you know you understand where Jace is coming from he goes on a mm-hmm. acid trip that saves his mom, <laughs> him and his mom yep um, and then you see Heimer and he's like no magic's uh, you know destructive right. Um, and I'm getting a lot of um, like parallel uh, vibes um, when it comes to uh, nuclear energy, right? And oh yeah, for how sure. How it's like okay, like you know, this power can be used for destruction or it can be used to to, to power civilizations, to create, right? Yeah. Um, and 
Uh, what's also interesting is is uh, Heimer is kind of like a uh, spinoff of uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, um, who was the th- theoretical <laughs> physicist that <laughs> helped uh, create uh, the atom bomb um, on the he led the Manhattan Project. Yeah. So good memory, dude. Yeah, memory. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not spend five minutes looking that up just now. Uh, we didn't just pause that so he no. could do that. <laughs> Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I'm I'm seeing like kind of like the the similarities there. So it, it it's it's just kind of neat, you know, um, how mm-hmm. that it all kind of falls into place. Um, but it's well, definitely relatable. That's for yeah. sure. Like you you understand where he's coming from, and and that's the beautiful thing. You understand everyone's point of view on this, and like and they do a really good job with Jace of emoting why he does why this means so much to him. I mean, we had the we had the trippy flashback and everything like that as well, but. Like, I mean, you can tell, like, this is something that he just... This is his life. In. This is what he's yeah, dedicated like, this himself to. This is what to. he's going to be like, doing. It's a part of his identity at this point, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Well, you know, the uh, people are freaking out, right? Um, mm-hmm. Talks of magic. And his mom, uh, you know, they're, they're like, he must be punished kind of thing. And his mom interjects and uh, he's like, you know, he's not in his right mind. And um, Heimer proposes the idea that, hey, you know... He, he had good intentions, but, you know, just made a grave mistake, perhaps a, uh, a lesser sentence than um, right. basically exile. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, that, apparently that's the ethos, um, according to them, is if you uh, dally with magic, you are exiled. Exactly. Um, so they uh, he makes the case of, hey, instead of exile, he's um, expelled, permanently expelled. And he's not allowed to step foot on. Um, the academy grounds ever again, uh, which is still devastating, right? I mean, especially for a guy oh, that's yeah. dedicated his life to it, you know. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, that's the the sentence that that takes place. So <laughs> that's how it plays out. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really well done scene, and yeah. you really got to um, just feel a lot of emotion from Jace, and you really got to get that good look at exactly where. Heimer stands and the fact that he's sympathetic to it but he he bears this burden of I know what's better and I know you might not understand it but I've lived it yeah. and so yeah they really did a good job of that and and it is that disconnect that you can tell is a problem with some of the other council members as well yeah so because yeah. So, um, really, he, he barely gets off with that sentence right it's exactly. four out of seven that end up saying, you know, oh, and what's interesting is that that counselor that Mel gave the uh, the children's toy to, right. uh, Mel gives gives him a stare and he raises his hand and he's the the final person that um, you know uh, approves of that sentence for Jace. So yeah, um, he 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 wins by a by a hair, you know, um, and doesn't get uh, <laughs> exiled. Exactly. Right? I, and I'm not sure if that if that look specifically this is a, a minute detail is because she basically like he owes her and so she's like you do what i say or it's more of like a he's so dumb like he's probably not even paying attention oh it's it's definitely listen. it's definitely number two it's definitely number same two. Yeah, yeah he was playing with the toy the entire time well. you know like <laughs> exactly so. um he's just a fool basically that, yeah <laughs> that was born born into the right house no yeah. that that's and i like that because it shows how same you know yeah. just because you're the head of a house doesn't mean you're like 
really smart or anything like that. Yeah. Um, in a society so, yeah. like that, like that's why that type of uh, government style had always ultimately failed because you'd get a fool yeah. wearing the crown. Yep. And yep. Um, so, yeah, they, they did a really good job of that. I, I, I like everything that they did there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next scene, though. And mm-hmm. uh, that is when Marcus makes a deal with Silco. So this is whenever we see him try to take some agency of his own mm-hmm. in probably the worst way possible. Yeah. And um, we get to see this play out with Silco and how their relationship builds. What do you think about that scene? What, the, that scene, I've watched it a couple times now, and it's uh, that, in my opinion, was probably one of the weaker scenes in mm-hmm. um, the last or in this episode and it's just because it kind of relies on the audience to connect a lot of dots that aren't necessarily there yet mm-hmm. um so i wasn't you know it was one of those things where um you know i'm looking for this guy and and then Silco's like oh uh, you know you're about to love me and then it the scene ends it's a very fast scene but it establishes right. where uh Silco, um you know stays throughout the day right which is at this like um, this 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 pier, right? Um, right. And uh, you see, like the the uh, these um, you know kind of weird roots, like these pink roots coming through um, on the ground, clearly coming mm-hmm. from um, you know some laboratory, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, overall, I thought it was uh, an interesting scene, but it wasn't um, it wasn't as clear as I would have liked it to be. So yeah, I fall in the same line of thought. Like I didn't realize this was a bigger deal until a little bit later. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, like that. It's still like you know, fine. Doesn't take anything away from me from the from this episode really overall. But um, yeah, like they definitely could have uh, like explored that a little more, made that a little more apparent. But um, moving on from that because that was a, a fairly small scene. Um, we then have a, a very interesting scene where uh, Victor is talking with Heimerdinger about Jace going through everything that they took from his lab earlier. And Victor is pretty intrigued as he's reading, you know, the, uh, you know, his research notes. Uh, he's like, you know, this is some really interesting work. And Heimer's just like, no, no, no! You must follow the code, and mm-hmm. you yeah. know, we should not have magic. It's bad. And more safeguards are needed. Like, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. And um, but the fact that Victor really picks up on, like, you know, this is this is pretty interesting stuff. That becomes, um, you know, a pretty important thing that happens later on. Yeah, He's starting to build his respect for Jace that he didn't really have you. Well, and the big thing is too, is uh, Victor takes the book when um, Heimer's not looking, right? He takes yep. his, his uh, research notes. Exactly. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so you see how Victor is, is, you know, he's not willing to, he's willing to, to uh, play outside of the rules, you know? So, yeah. um, uh, which is uh, pretty interesting. I'm just going to say mm-hmm. that. So, <laughs> and it, it's just, it's just very like Victor. And uh, once again, knowing his destination, like it makes these, these scenes all the more fruitful. I feel like. Yes. You know? Oh, absolutely. So, so um, yeah. But, uh, Cause you wouldn't think that the, you know, basically the, the immediate student of Heimer would be 
going against that will so much when Heimer is so adamant about what his beliefs are. Yeah. So yeah, I just I, yeah. I loved Victor it. has his own agency. He's 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 mm-hmm. his own person. You know, he's he's no pawn. That's for sure. So exactly. Yeah. Um. So next after that, uh, we go to a scene where we get the first look at what looks to be they're they're giving. Uh, we see Deckard again. Yeah. And um, we see. Well, that. here, real, real quick. So, mm-hmm. um, Decker, oh, did, did I skip over something that you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Well, you know, before we get into that, so De- uh, Silco um, gives Deckard his whole power speech, right? Mm-hmm. The whole and one oh, of the things yeah. I I did notice in the window is you see that big fish, right? But you mm-hmm. also see like some tentacles back there. So I thought that was pretty pretty gnarly, um, and they're big, like oh yeah, like the a b- bit of a kraken. Yeah, yeah, maybe a kraken. I don't know. Maybe so, a kraken. Uh, <laughs> maybe an offspring of a kraken or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, Silco gives his his power speech, which is really good, man. Uh, we got that yeah. in the first trailer where he's you know, power doesn't come to those um, uh, who want it. They, they come to those who who will do anything to achieve it. You know. Um, and, that, uh, but even more charismatically. Even more charismatic. And <laughs> evil, you know. Um, but, uh, but you know, he's right, you know. So, no. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, but, no, he, he is right. He's, uh, very good at, he's very good at convincing monologues. Honestly, I know. Like, the, the best bad guy is a guy that makes you think right yeah like i i love whenever you get a guy that he he speaks the truth and he resonates you know that it's it's wrong but it's also what he's saying is true yeah and so it's one of those things that it, it actually makes you think about it and be like where do i lie on this yeah it's like, like uh am i a, a fuck, am I Silco? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and then um you know he he uh, gives the whole speech to deckard and um he uh, says time to let the monster out and hands him the yeah. the vial of I shimmer. Love, I love that line. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, Silco's silky smooth with his uh, his lines. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, he gives Deckard the uh, the vial. Deckard looks toward the scientist. Scientist gives a a solid, very assuring nod. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like. And I, I love that that little shot of him with all the the chemicals in the background and stuff. It was really yeah. just uh, just a great shot. Um, and uh, he just he pops it and and chugs it real fast, and you start to see like you know him to Hulk out. And right before you get a good shot of him, it it uh, cuts away. Right, of course. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, leaving some mystery to the imagination for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we. We're, uh, we, we go to Jace with, um, and he's outside of Caitlin's um, manor, right? Um, his, mm-hmm. Her family's manor. And uh, trying to get in, and he's clearly locked out. And uh, Caitlin's actually hanging out over there. He, sh- he doesn't see her until she says something. Um, and, you know, they have a little conversation. Um, her mom is like, get inside, you know. Um, and they just they clearly you know um have disowned jace right um which is just totally tragic because and we didn't talk about this but in a a prior scene um you know he has a talk with his mom and he gets in a fight with her because she's doing whatever she can to protect her baby and just to say hey you know leave this this alone it's only going to cause more trouble 
and yeah, yeah. he just can't let it go you know um, yeah, which just so does so much for the character like I on I, I, I still genuinely am so confused by why some people aren't as much of a fan of Jace like I loved it um, yeah no I agree yeah, yeah um, he, you really see the the you know how he's just kind of been abandoned right yeah um, and he's so, still like you know in a sense refuses to to let go and I, I and it's kind of an interesting mindset too because it's like if, if you're basically the only one that has witnessed something as fantastical as he did at a young age oh yeah that's gonna so be... close to achieving it himself and then is denied access to everything and and literally has things taken away from him forcefully of everything that he's done so far and no one believes in him fuck man I yeah mean, that's that yeah. leaves us into a very <laughs> important scene soon. yeah, yeah now, now that you like mention it all in a in a string of thought i'm like damn like that's yeah that's it's rough sucks dude. yeah <laughs> and so um, yeah it's it's um it can really like you really can easily get into the to the mindset of what happens you know fairly soon here but um before we get there um i do want to say the during that that scene that you're referring to mm-hmm. um he also mentions uh the hammer business as well uh, maybe he'll, maybe we'll get into the telos hammer business yeah hammer business yeah which is you know a throw to something that he does later on and the reason why you know his his main weapon is what it is so that i thought was very cool um mm-hmm. but then we go to uh unless do you have anything else to say on that one nope, or you nope, that's it that's it all right mm-hmm. so next we have this um scene where um, you know, enforcers had come in, and uh, after you know they leave, Vi and Vander start to have a very candid conversation about uh, their beliefs on what needs to be done to rectify this situation. Um, how did you think that played out overall? Um, you're talking about whenever they're talking on on the bridge. Yeah, like near the memorial. Oh, and I mean, it was. It's a beautiful scene, man. It's like you really just, you know, Vander. He really cares. He wants Vi to understand, and um, you know, I I do think Vi understands at that moment. You know, um, yeah, she's like, you know, he he's like, you know, what are you willing to lose, right? Like, yeah, Clagger, big line, Clagger, Milo, Powder, mm-hmm. right? Um, you have to think about these things. And then, uh, Vi's kind of like has a no shit moment and she's like, man, what are we going to do? And, and Vander admits, and that's the thing too, is like, I, I like how the, these characters are so vulnerable and, and Vander's just like, I don't know, uh, you know yeah. we'll figure it out. Like, and it's like, will you figure it out? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, and it, it just goes to show that it's, this is, uh, this is serious, you know? Um, and I, I just, I'm, I'm so impressed with how believable this whole situation is. And, and it all sparked from just a, a, a quick, you know, just trying to do a job and, and get some quick cash kind of thing that they can yeah. uh, get some trinkets that they can pawn. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's interesting how things escalate and you really start to see how it can get uh, pretty dark really fast. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I thought it was a beautiful scene. Yeah, I do really like how, you know, it also pans out and shows that, you know, they're like literally right next to the memorial where, Mm -hmm. you know, they had honored the people that had died in in the previous war not too long ago between Piltover and 
Zahn that, you know, Vander was essentially one of the two leaders of. Yes. Um, so having that there hits home like times a thousand, I feel like, because it's very easy to see whenever he's saying these things, you know, like, you know, what, like, think about what you can lose. And it's literally like right in front of her face as to what he lost because of the same argument that she's having right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things he says is nobody wins in war. by Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that line. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, it was super cute when Vi leans her head on his shoulder and of course, like, oh my God, this is adorable. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> There's no way this will end poorly. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, very powerful scene. And really, you know, she starts to, it shows her mentality begin to shift. Yeah. And she realizes once again, that responsibility that we're talking about, it, it really starts to hit home with her. Um, because you know the circumstances are the exact same that created the outcome that you know basically put her in his care to begin with. Yeah. So yeah, yeah um, really good stuff there. But then we get into one of the best scenes. Oh man, that I've seen. Man. So intense. So good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this scene starts off with Jace. So, real quick, real quick. Ahead, I yeah. do want to provide a trigger warning. Okay. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, if you are contemplating, um, you know, taking your life, please reach out. Okay. I'm serious. Like, if you want to reach out to one of us, we'll be happy to talk to you. Okay. True. Um, so, uh, yeah, do not, do not hesitate. There are people that care about you. Um, and uh, we are one of them. Um, so, True. yeah. And um, you'll see that even this character has people that exactly. That so yeah, yeah. Um, so but yeah, we're going to go into this very delicately. Yeah, so it's a very very powerful and evocative scene. Uh, like everything is is correct for it, as as tragic as it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just amplified very well by the visuals. Yeah. Very dark, very alone, and very quiet too. And yes, yeah. It's it's just one of those scenes where you see this person about to you know, commit suicide, literally, you know, take that, that final plunge. And, you know, he stops at the last moment because someone comes in and reaches in with a hand that, you know, he desperately needed in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it happens to be the one character that is essentially becomes like a brother to him. And it's just so perfectly, Express like even in that moment, it's almost like a flash of their you know like entire relationship brought into this brought back to this one moment. It's 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 so interesting yeah. and well done. It's it's like pure art. So um, you know for those that don't that don't know the relationship between them, like um, I you know if if you like spoilers, read it and maybe watch that scene again just because it's so powerful, or wait till you know you see what happens you know season or two behind and rewatch that scene because it hits different. Um, but yeah, what, what did what did you think about about the scene that plays out? Um, you know, it's it's one of those uh, scenes that is really difficult to portray um, in a um, you know a, a, a proper manner, right? And mm-hmm. I think uh, Riot understood that and they took it very seriously. And um, you know, we we saw Jace at the end of his rope, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, thank God, right? Victor came, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in, in a way, it was it was a little bit 
um, you know, uh, comical where he's like, am I interrupting anything? And yeah, Jace is like, oh, God, like, you know, like kind of, you know, he, he, he came back to his senses in that moment. Right. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. Right. That's what um, you need sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And um, just something to make you stop. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so and, and Victor tells him that, you know, he's onto something. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And he believes him and, and validates uh, him. And validates him. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, being there in that moment, it was um, man, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like, <laughs> like choked up right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was it was a really powerful scene. It just makes me love their dynamic even more. Um, yeah. Like a so, stronger yeah. bond cannot be forged. Yeah. Uh, from that so. so and then from there they they start brainstorming right they get to work yeah um and it's it's uh and <laughs> and then they uh um you know victor under he describes he's from the undercity right um right and uh he, he had to work his way up right and uh um it's 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 never easy for anyone um so yeah, yeah so it shows it, vulnerability on his end as well like it, it wasn't just because it's easy to think a person in his situation, since, you know, Jace knew so little of him, you know, was also a person of privilege. Yeah. But it, he finds out that he he had it, you know, even worse than what than what Jace did. And yeah. um, that he has, you know, goals and visions of his own. Um, and yeah, that just, I don't know, that, that well, sense of camaraderie that they had there, it, it yeah. really was special. And, and at um, the end of that, that scene, right, um, mm-hmm. he was like, I don't even know your name. And he's like, it's Victor. And I was like, oh, yeah, Ugh. for those of you that like it ended up, you know, kind of spoiling that one part a little earlier. I mean, a lot of people probably would have figured it out anyways, but um, it, it has already said that. Um, did they actually already? I think he might have said Victor. Heimer no, would have said Victor, no, but no, it, it was all subtitled. Said, yep. yep so. All right. So, yeah, it was revealed in the subtitles as many of the characters who weren't officially revealed. Uh, were. Yeah. Don't 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 have subtitles on guys come on yeah (laughs) moving forward moving forward like i'm not i'm for my first watch i'm not having subtitles on. no no especially netflix they don't i don't know i i don't know why they feel obligated to add like the the name for the the subtitles like it's clearly the person whose mouth is moving on the screen (laughs) well a lot of times they do it when the character starts off off screen Oh, okay. So that's okay. usually whenever it kicks in um, to give you context of who's speaking for people that, you know, can listen. But it's just they really need to do a better job with the naming, you know, like unnamed man one, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Or, um, you know, scientist or, yeah. you know, uh, assistant, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lab assistant, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that whole scene um, unfolds. I can't wait to just go back through and, and rewatch that whole yeah. part again. But um then we get to a very interesting scene where the music the music starts playing. They do the whole record change thing again, um, and Vi is waiting on a chair, mm-hmm. um, just looking at a door, and um, it keeps flipping between scenes of her and uh, Vander at the bar um, with, with Powder there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what did you think? Like explain to me your thought process for the scene because I I fucking love this. So, scene. I I so there's a there's a, a tool or device used in theater. It's called Chekhov's gun. All right, mm-hmm. and the idea behind it is like when you point out something, or basically if you put a gun in front of the audience, 
Like yeah. they're going to expect you to shoot it at one point, right? Yeah. And so the the idea is is a follow through. You see it all the time in good stories, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, in the previous episode, Vi makes a point to talk about her favorite toy that got thrown up into the power lines, right? Right. And she, you know, she tried to get it down. She'd been, you know, hoped and prayed for some storm to come by and mm-hmm. and uh, knock it down, but it just stayed there, right? right? And one of the first things you see in this next scene is, is Vi um, talking to Powder, and she gives her her bunny um so vi clearly made an effort to go get that bunny out of those power lines and gave it to powder which makes you kind of go what's going on here um and uh you know and and uh powders you know takes that bunny to the the bar and that's when vander sees it and vander uh kind of connects the dots too he's like where you know and he's like mm-hmm. hey, where's Vi you're sad and uh because Vi gives powder this whole speech to you know um stay strong and and uh you know you're you're gonna get through this kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and then uh basically it cuts to Vi breaking into Benzo's shop just and she's sitting on a chair and she's clearly um decided to turn herself in she sees that as the only um you know, way to go. And she starts, she sees people coming or shadows coming through the door. And right as the door's about to open, boom. Cuts. End they do the some episode. very abrupt cups, cuts in, in the show. Oh, I, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of abrupt ones and there's a couple of slow ones and the, mm-hmm. they know what they're doing, man. They're doing some good stuff. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah. The, scene, the scene is, is very good. The, the one thing that I'm, I'm not sure about uh, I believe that Vi did not tell, like, my thought on it is, I don't think that Vi told Vander what no, she was going to do. she did not. Yeah. There is a lot of people that seem to think that Vi did tell Vander, and Vander was okay with it. No, um, no. I, I didn't get that at all from that scene. As someone that's watched the episode several times, I can tell you, no, it, like, because <laughs> Vander has, like, an epiphany while he's at the bar with uh, P- Powder, and mm-hmm. um, you, you can just tell, like, oh, wait, where's Powder Sad? Where's Vi? Like, oh, yeah. we just had that talk on the bridge. She's turning herself in, right? Um, yeah, I got the feeling so. that, that Vander would never let her do that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I that's that's my main motivation for thinking that I don't think that he knew anything about the plan. But that is a, a prevalent theory that's that's going on right now in yeah. regards to that episode. But, yeah, I, I have to respectfully disagree on that one. Um, I have to disrespectfully disagree. So. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that pretty much wraps up this episode. This one was just about as long. I guess all yeah. of the episodes are going to be They're around all going to be time. long, you know. Um, yeah. I actually... I won't be surprised because this is the uh, episode three of Act One, um, you know, the grand finale of Act One. I'm sure it's. I'd be surprised if it's not longer than this one. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely. But yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. 
All right, well, yeah, we're going to go ahead and finish off the episode there. But before I do go, I just want to go ahead and mention one thing real quick. Um, Apple Podcast, uh, if you guys do enjoy the show, what you've heard so far, make sure to go to Apple Podcast. Leave us a five-star review. It just helps out a lot with visibility so other people can um, get to see this show as well. And um, if you want, we've done a few of these before. Uh, We think it's (laughs) kind of fun for the podcast. But um, we're terrible at imitating um, League of Legends characters, just so you guys know. And we would love to do as a special favor for you guys leaving us five star reviews. If one of you guys wants us to read off the review in a, you know, your favorite character's choice uh, or your favorite character's voice, rather, not their choice, um, (laughs) that we'd be happy to do so. So if you do that, you know, at the end of um, the next episode. Uh, after you leave the review, uh, we'll definitely give it a shot and feel free to laugh at us the entire time whenever you listen to it. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. So. That's where the fun comes from. Yeah. So anyways, that's it for this week, guys. Thank you very much. Make sure to tune in next week. And until then, we'll see you later. Peace.